Get ready. We're online. You're listening to the hottest internet station on the Culture Radio Network. Five, four, three, two, one. The DJ Chapman Show. We just get started. Welcome to the show. We have a special guest in the building, comedian Loose Cannon, with another Loose Cannon moment. I'm your host, T.J. Chapman. What kind of tea you sipping on, Sam? A.D., what are your thoughts? It's getting late, y'all. It's time for the chocolate letter. This is definitely for the grown and sexy. It's time for another refill, y'all. Don't go anywhere, so keep it locked. The best is yet to come. Get ready. We're online. You're listening to the hottest internet station on the Culture Radio Network. Five, four, three, two, one. The DJ Chapman Show. We just get started. Welcome to the show. Special guest in the building, comedian Loose Cannon, with another Loose Cannon moment. I'm your host, TJ Chapman. What kind of tea you sipping on, Sam? AD, what are your thoughts? It's getting late, y'all. It's time for the chocolate letter. This is definitely for the grown and sexy. It's time for another refill, y'all. Don't go anywhere, so keep it locked. The best is yet to come. Get ready. We're online. You're listening to the hottest internet station on the Culture Radio Network. Five, four, three, two, one. The DJ Chapman Show. We just get started. Welcome to the show. Special guest in the building, comedian Loose Cannon, with another Loose Cannon moment. I'm your host, TJ Chapman.
What's happening? What's happening? Family, it's your main man, TJ Chapman, back with another episode of the TJ Chapman Show. I'm super excited today because we are just seven days away from one of the most important elections that has hit this country. I know we say it every four, five, six, seven years, whenever the election is, but truly, this is really it. You know, and, and that, and hence the reason I call it Countdown to Change because this is about to change the world. Mm -hmm. You know, based on what's out there, what's needed, and people that are still trying to not make that change happen. So, um, welcome to the show. Join me, like always. Love yes. that. Love you in your black. Thank you. Thank Morgan you. Williams is in the building. What's up? And, what's up? and joining us, uh, he, he's back to work now uh, <laughs> after hiatus out there doing whatever. Comedian Luke Cannon's in the building. What's well, happening? you know, I was booked at a strip club two Tuesdays in a row. Oh, Come on in, telling jokes to the strippers. Real talk, real talk. Okay. Real, so you know, over down there in Tampa, so you know, I wasn't able to, you know, come in because I was working somewhere else. So you know how, how did saying? they clap with the hands or with the cheeks? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, how how did you get that applause? Well, at, you know, at this particular <laughs> spot, it, it was it's called the Truth Lounge over there in West Tampa. So you right? were at Truth. I was at Truth. Okay. I mean, it made truth. me feel like I was on an episode oh, of Power. Wow. You know. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, but they. It was actually like the pre-show before the strip club activities. Okay. But okay. it was actually a good show, and it was a lot of fun. Shout out to Larry Dog, you know. Welcome back to work, sir. Welcome back. <laughs> and, and joining us once again, she is no stranger to the show. Uh, we're going to count it all joy. We're going to count it in existence. Yes. You are looking at your next state attorney for Orange and Osceola County. Yes. Monique Worrell is in the building with us. Good evening. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Wow, it's, it's uh, great to have you back. And... Uh, and this is this is more important now than ever, and it starts on the local level. A lot of people don't realize how important local elections are because the issues that we're facing are on the local level. They are. You know, people are worried about the presidential election and this, this, and this. That's not going to help until it gets up there. And it starts right here and, most importantly, in the state attorney's office. That's where transparency and accountability starts. And so far... Uh, that's all I got to say. Uh, hasn't been happening. So mm. we're glad that you decided to take the helm and throw your, hand, uh, throw your, hat, throw your name in the hat mm -hmm. to make that change and be the real change that we're trying to see. So, um, so we're going to dive right into it. Um, again, we have another hashtag out there. Mm -hmm. And it's been crazy. Walter Wallace Jr. was fatally shot and killed in Philadelphia. Let's go on and take a look at the story, sir.
yet another situation has happened. Most people would say, oh, he put a broad upon himself and, you know, he should have complied and he wouldn't be dead. The whole ring around the rosy type of type of speech. Um, I'm going to start with you, Monique. What, what, what is your thoughts on yet another situation like this? So I hadn't seen the whole story. Um, I saw some information about it coming across my mm -hmm. newsfeed, so I knew something happened, but I did not know exactly what until I saw that video. And um, immediately what just comes to my mind is that in this country, the life of a black man or woman is not valuable. And I agree. You know, there's really no other way to describe it but that. Mm -hmm. Should he have had the knife? No. Should he have put the knife down? Absolutely. Yes. Should he have been going towards law enforcement? Absolutely not. But when you see situations where law enforcement officers are able to take mass shooters into custody mm -hmm. without any injury, then it begs the question, why is it that every time we see these incidents happen, we can all think of other ways that it could have been handled other than the death of the individual that law enforcement encountered. Wow. And, 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 and that's true. a legitimate question. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. The gentleman in the video said, well, why couldn't they have shot him in the leg? And what I want people to understand is that law enforcement officers are not trained shoot to shoot leg. you in the leg. They are trained to shoot to kill. Absolutely. I have gone through the law enforcement shooting simulator. And they put you in situations where they make you fearful that you either kill or, or be killed. killed. So that's that's implemented. It's implemented in you so that you have that fear. So what you have are law enforcement officers who are sitting there, and it's kill or be killed, kill or be killed, not looking at the threat that's before you. This is right. a man with a pocket knife. It's kill or be killed, and that's why we keep having these instances. And when you put implicit bias in addition to overt racism, that a black person is immediately perceived as a threat, mm -hmm. this is why we keep having these situations that end in the murders of black bodies. So when we say black lives matter and you respond all lives matter, well obviously all lives don't matter. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and you you you've proven, you know, exactly that black lives don't matter because we've seen, you know, videos of, you know, white men, you know, with knives, guns, mass shooters, you know, be taken you know, into um, custody, you know, and, and it seems like police have exercised uh, more patience and more, you know, resistance, you know, for them, you know, allowing them to be detained to see their day in court. Now, if you don't believe us and we're just talking smack, sir, we got a video to show you, and you tell me what happened in this situation, why he don't have 15 shell cases in him, and you tell me which one was worse. Go ahead and play it, sir.
he's not a threat to them. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a breath, you know. I mean, it's also you have to understand too. I guess like if you're a black man and there's a black, you're more relatable. So you, hey brother, I, I get it, brother. You know what I'm saying? Because you almost kind of got have that same. But a white man, he doesn't understand the black man. He's afraid of the black man. And I think it's a thought process because, like she said, there. Even though you're, even if I'm trying to kill, if I still don't have a, a if I still don't, you know, have like that consideration for human life, then I feel like it's not going to matter. Cause some people, you, you're still trying to kill, but some people still think, okay, this still is a human life. This is somebody's husband, father, daughter, what have you. There's a, I can do something else. You know, you, you I feel like they still should take that moment to value that. There is a life, regardless of the color. It's a life. So, Ken. Well, I, I just agree with everything everyone else has said. Like, the, you know, Monique hit it on the on the nail when she was saying they just don't value black life. Mm -hmm. And I mean, everybody's gave their reasons, but for me, in a nutshell, I know that they don't value black lives because when black people or even other people at this point say black lives matter, there's a rebuttal. It's a rebuttal. All lives should matter. Well, obviously, but he don't have 15 shots in him. And he actually hit the cop in his face. Wow. So what, what, what people say about that, oh, he must have had a mental illness. There right. Black people that were mentally ill. And other, there are other people. And they're not here with us today, you know, exactly. to, to go to treatment. Exactly. So, wow. Um, and though, that's what we're facing in this country right now. And, and once again, you know, we thank you for coming on the show. Um, and and that, that needed to be said because a lot of people don't understand the magnitude of, of what's happening and how it's being started. You know, so I, I really hope that the people in charge in Philadelphia actually really take this matter serious and, and, and figure out something and bring about transparency and accountability. That's what needs to happen. <sighs> so, Mo. How has the campaign training been working for you? You know, it's been eight very long months. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, people said this would be hard. I don't think there were words to describe how hard. Mm. Um, constantly having to prove yourself, constantly having to try to convince people that what you're saying is true. Mm -hmm. Politicians are naturally uh, not trusted. So this being my first time in politics, I'm used to saying something and people believing that what I said is what I said because I'm a person of my word. But in politics, you don't have that. So um, it's been a very, very long eight months and these seven days cannot come fast enough because I'm ready to get it over with. Wow, it's, it's definitely been very long for you. I, I'm just looking, I'm like, wow, I know she, I know she tired. Mm -hmm. And now with, the, now with having to you know, do homeschooling and campaigning, ooh, child, I know she tired. Yeah, my Man. three boys are home and we're homeschooling them and it's, um, yeah. Wow. So, like, for those who missed her parent back in June, you know, that was during the primaries, um, who didn't catch why you decided to, you know, run for state attorney, uh, let us be able to know uh, who's joining us why you chose to, be a, to run for state attorney. 
So I have been a criminal justice reform advocate in this community for the last 20 years. I started my career as a public defender. I then went into private practice. I then joined the faculty at University of Florida College of Law where I trained individuals who were interested in the practice of law um, in criminal courts as a profession and I trained them how to practice in criminal court. After 16 years of doing that um, and also running my private practice, I left to become an assistant state attorney where I developed and implemented the Conviction Integrity Unit where I led the investigation of wrongful convictions and it was then that I learned that many of the things that I feared as a defense attorney were true and actually taking place inside the state attorney's office. Wow. I learned that there are documented causes of wrongful conviction mm. and we know what they are, yeah. but we were still engaging in the practices that lead to wrongful conviction in this country. And those were the things that made me want to run for state attorney I left there and became chief legal officer with Reform Alliance, working with Meek Mill and Jay-Z on probation and parole reform um, before coming back to run for state attorney. Wow, that's, that's, that's what we need. That's yeah. what we need right now. And I wish there was like, you know, a lot of moles that had that same mindset throughout the whole country that, that needs that. And, um, and when it comes to accountability and transparency, how important is it to have both as a state attorney? Oh, extremely. Um, you know, the state attorney is an elected position. I answer to the people. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's always been run that way. But if I am elected on November 3rd, that's how I plan to run my office. And um, what I mean by that is I'm going to allow for community input. I need to know that I am serving the community. So in order to do that, I have to give the community a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. yes. Tell yes. me what your top priorities are. Tell me what your top concerns are. Do you want me viciously prosecuting marijuana cases? Or would you prefer that I expend your tax dollars on getting violent criminals off the street? Hmm. So I plan to give members of the community a seat at the table so that we can resolve things that are important to the community, not just important to me. Right. Wow. And so, you know, throughout you know, your campaign, you've, you've, you've had several officer-involved shootings, you know, and it seems that accountability and transparency has been either ignored or been sugar-coated with, you know, especially, you know, example of the, you know, Breonna Taylor's case and the AG out there. You know, it's, it's like, it's dis despicable. Um, what role can a state attorney play to ensure that doesn't happen and that transparency and accountability will be met? So I believe that the state attorney, and in different areas it's called different things. In some places it's called a district attorney. Here in Florida it's called a state attorney. But I believe that historically the state attorney and law enforcement have an inappropriate relationship. And what I mean by that is that because they are playing on the same team, they will give each other extra grace. So they're willing to look the other way if one does something that, the, that they shouldn't do because we are partners and we're playing on the same team. My intention is to redefine the role. Yes. As the top law enforcement officer, 
in the uh, circuit, and that's what the state attorney will be or is, um, yes, I have to work with law enforcement agencies in order to prosecute crime. But what I need them to understand is that although we are partners in keeping the community safe, mm -hmm. my responsibility to keep the community safe is absolute. And that means that I must do that even if it means keeping the community safe from law enforcement officers. Right. Mm -hmm. So law enforcement officers are not exempt from those individuals who we will get off the streets if they inflict violence upon our communities. Yes. So yes. when you turn on the news and you hear about the community shootings, right? There is violence in the communities. People are, you know, having these drive-by shootings and everyone's like, wow, we've got to stop this. Yes, we do. I Absolutely. agree. But when law enforcement is at the hands or that violence is at the hands of law enforcement, then we also have to stop that. Yes. And I believe that by doing that, we can bridge the gap between the community and law enforcement. We can make the appearance of impropriety go away because the community will understand that law enforcement will be held accountable mm -hmm. if they engage in illegal activity and right. that there are no favors that will be had. Wow. That, that, that I know. Is, got my so vote. True. That is so true. That is so true. <laughs> Wow, we're, we'll be back with more. Uh, I, I wish I lived in Orange and <laughs> Listen, for those of you that, you know, like the gentleman at the softball game was saying, I don't do that voting, you know, yeah. and but you can vote, do me a favor. Yeah. I can't vote for the sister, so you go out there and do it Please for me. get out and vote, y'all. Exactly. Please you know what I'm saying? Do it for me yeah. if you don't want to do it for yourself. If you got to find somebody to do it for, do it for me. Exactly. So we'll be back with more uh, Monique Morrell. Um, we're going to take a quick short break, yes. um, pay these bills real fast, mm -hmm. and make sure you get your glass of wine, your cognac, whatever's going to make you feel right, and remember to keep it locked. The best is yet to come. Let's go. Let's go.
What's that? <laughs> oh, man, this is funny. Uh, welcome back, man. Um, this is Countdown to Change uh, 2020 general election panel discussion. Yeah. We're here with uh, the next, I'm going to claim it yes, again, the next, uh, the next state attorney, attorney of mm -hmm. Osceola in Orange County, Monique Worrell. Yeah. Welcome. Um, Thank you. What a, what a journey it has been. Seven days left. Seven days Seven left. Seven days left. How, how you feeling? I'm tired. I just mm. want to sleep. I think I'm going to sleep for two weeks straight when this is over. Let's do that two, that two weeks rest. Right. That's two weeks. What you got? What? What you got? What you got for her? What I got for her? You got a question for her? Of course. I mean, hey, of course. You want the women to take over? Because, I mean, we definitely can, you know. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I might Go not get it. to talk okay. again. We're definitely so, qualified. <laughs> it's just me and you, girl. Okay. So <laughs> I want to know what makes you, like, the better candidate for this position, like, you know. In comparison to the other candidate. Yeah, you know, not even in comparison. We ain't even just think about the other candidate. Period. Just period. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I will focus on the other candidate for a minute because mm -hmm. I think it's important for people to know what's at stake and mm. what's at risk here. Yeah. In the primary election, it was a contest of who was the greatest reformer. Mm. Everyone was saying, yes, criminal justice reform, yes, transparency, yes, accountability. This guy is not saying any of those things. This guy is saying more incarceration, not less. Support police, not hold them accountable. Um, you know, people are criminals and they deserve to be locked away. The people who are protesting are criminals and they should be incarcerated. So what's at stake is basically our freedom. You know, since the 1970s here in the state of Florida, we've increased our prison population by 300%. That's, That's documented. That's um, although African Americans make up 19% of the population, we make up 50% of the prison population. In a forum, my opponent was asked, does systemic racism exist? And he said, no. So if you don't acknowledge that something There's exists, exactly. then you certainly are not going to do anything to prevent it, even though, like I said, there is documented research right, to prove that it exists. This isn't Monique Worrell's opinion. This is the people who you know, do the numbers. This is their uh, work. So what's at stake in this election is literally taking our criminal justice system back decades. And if you look at what's happened in this country over the last three and a half years, you know, the damage that's been done will take decades to undo. Yes, so allowing someone like my opponent to sit in that seat puts us in jeopardy of having similar damage in the criminal justice system here in the Ninth Circuit. Wow, that's... Just to, I mean, just to hear that, because you're right, like, we have so much, we have so much, like, to catch up. Like, we have, we really, like, are behind, and we have to catch up, you know, and fast. Because, you know, I, I'm afraid for what may happen if this cycle continues and continues and continues. Like you saying with the video, unfortunately, it's justified. So that means, you know, it's just ways around it, you know, so. Um, if you get them any. If you get them an inch, they're going to take a mile. They're going to take a mile. So that's why we need someone like Monique in office so that we can start our race and catch up, you know, to what we've been falling behind in so long. So um, if you guys haven't, you know, 
made up your minds, that should have been enough. Mister, if, if for those of us that have learned about systemic racism, and you know part of systemic racism is mass incarceration. You know, for all my, you know, partisan people, they're like, oh, you know, the Republicans did this for black people. And, and the Democrats did this. And, and I'm quick to remind people, neither party, neither party yeah. has been the greatest of black. The Republicans gave you the war on drugs, the finance of war, down in Nicaragua somewhere. And then the Democrats gave you mass incorporation. They, they done gave you the double whammy, okay, mm-hmm. of both sides, okay. Now, you know, I say that to say this. For those of you that know that systemic racism is real and you know that one of the weapons of systemic racism is mass incarceration and you need an answer for that, the answer for that is people like this wonderful sister right here. Amen. You know, Definitely. you know, she, the, a person, a, a, a state attorney that's going to, you know, come in and, a, and meet the issue head on and make it more fair, so. So with the campaign starting to come to an end, because we don't have long, or, you know, and it'll be all over, what has been one of your most memorable moments during your campaign? Wow. Um, You know, it's been the times when my kids have been out with me. Mm. Yes. Um, Today, my middle son and my oldest son went with me to the Barack Obama rally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last week, my baby, you know that 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 other people out there see that we need change yeah yeah so I think that is also another really um, proud moment for me just to see how I was able to galvanize the community uh, support wow, wow so what will it mean to you and we're gonna like we said speak it into existence when you are elected state attorney like what would that mean to you What it means is that our community has a chance for a focus on fair and equitable justice, Mm. which um, outside of the current administration, I don't think has ever been a thought for any state attorney. See, we have to understand the current state attorney has, she was the first black state attorney in the entire state of Florida Mm. in 2016. Let that sit with you for a moment. In 2016, Florida saw its first black state attorney. Hmm. So um, outside of her, I don't know of any other state attorney that went into the job with an eye on equality and justice. So 
to the viewers of Orange County and Osceola County that um, who are watching and maybe a little bit on the fence, not sure what they want to do as far as you know which candidate or that they want to vote for, even if they want to vote, what you know words would you have for someone like that? So I want to take a moment to speak uh, specifically to my Latino brothers and sisters. Um, I am Afro-Latina. My mother uh, was born in Costa Rica. And my opponent is Latino. And I am concerned that Latino voters will look at his name and vote for him because he's Latino. Mm -hmm. But what I need you to understand is that my opponent does not embrace multicultural issues. He does not embrace those matters that impact black and brown communities. When asked if systemic racism existed, he said no. And that's just not based on fact. So it's really important that we understand that you can never just vote for someone because of who you think they are you have a responsibility to find out who they are. In addition to that, to those who may be on the fence, they don't know if they're going to vote at all or they don't know if they want to vote for me. As was mentioned at the beginning of this uh, conversation, this is an unprecedented election. There is more on the line that than has ever been before. Women's rights are on the ballot. Systemic racism is on the ballot. Criminal justice reform is on the ballot. Mm -hmm. Immigration is on the ballot. Mm -hmm. Basic civility, decency, and humanity are on the ballot. And so don't (laughs) don't think that this is just about this is just black agenda. This affects every one. Healthcare is on the ballot. Yes. So these are issues that impact us all. Yes. And with regard to criminal justice reform, criminal justice reform is not a partisan issue. So there are a lot of people who are like, oh, she's a far left, you know, liberal, and she just wants to open the prisons and let everyone out. Look across the lines. Even the current president has made strides towards passing bills Mm -hmm. that go towards criminal justice reform because it has been recognized that the path that he, we have gone down in this country with regards to incarceration is not the right path. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to vote. Yes. That That's just, it's really just as simple as that. Hashtag. Yeah, you need to vote. Hashtag, you need to vote. You need to vote. Because if you don't vote, but you out there marching because of Breonna Taylor or George Floyd mm-hmm. or Ahmaud Arbery, but you're not going to go vote, then why are you marching? You're wasting your time. Right. You out there so you can put it on social media? Mm-hmm. You, you're, not, you're not doing anything that's going to bring us lasting change. So if you don't vote, vote, your voice cannot be heard. If you don't vote, change cannot be made. And right now, we have to vote like our lives depend on it. Because they, they do. With that being said, um, let everybody know how they can follow you on your social media, and if it's not too late, how they can donate to your campaign. So today is the 27th. Can I interrupt? And also, because a lot of people don't understand this, mm-hmm. let them know how it is and how important it is for them to donate to your campaign. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we don't like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't. I, I, I watch uh, Dr. Carl Anderson. We just don't understand the importance of 
Yeah. yeah. We think, oh, we're just giving them money and they don't understand what. Yeah. So I didn't even really understand before I became a candidate. So I appreciate the opportunity to explain and educate voters on why money in a campaign is so important. Mm -hmm. It's for advertising. It's for getting your message out to voters. If you don't have money, you can't get your message out to voters. I attended uh, Central Florida Vote Fest this weekend, and we had some merchandise out there, and we were just asking for a donation. And people would come, and they would take a shirt, mm -hmm. and they would give us like $2. Ma'am, the shirt costs more than $2 to yeah, make. It costs about $4 to make yeah, you know, so so by you giving me two dollars, you put me in the hole because it cost me six dollars to to buy the shirt. Um, but the reason that we have the merchandise is because it helps us get our message out there. Mm -hmm. So when you see these signs on the street, the signs are five and six dollars a piece for the little yard signs, right? The the big signs you're talking fifty, sixty to a hundred dollars. But we do that so that we can get our message out there. Radio advertising, I can't even begin to tell you how much it costs for radio spots. And forget television commercials. And, and because of the lack of money sometimes in the black and brown community, mm -hmm. we can't effectively compete in races mm -hmm. because we don't have the resources to do so mm -hmm. and our communities don't step up and support right. us the way other communities do. I mean, it would be a great idea for someone who's, in, who's a videographer or something to reach out to candidates when these elections come around and see how they can help, you know, create commercials and stuff. We have to stick together and, and resource so we can outsource those messages and, and, and get people to know who our candidates are. Yeah, so systemic racism Black businesses, of course, you got people out there that were mad. 
like, oh, y'all trying to divide instead of unify? No. No. Mm-mm. We trying to we. We trying to create opportunities. Our own right. Y'all ain't giving to us. Exactly. You know, so you know, uh, you know, for those of you like I said, I mentioned Dr. Claude Anderson, and he talked about the pyramidal structure. The basic level of the pyramidal pyramid is the economy. Like Sister Monique mentioned, we don't have the economy in the black and brown community. You know, to make it to the next level, which is you know, uh, the justice system. Mm-hmm. Since we don't have the economy, we can't finance the candidates to give us the justice that we're looking for, you know, to write the laws, you know. And then if you watch Dr. Clark answer, he'll break this thing down, and, and then it's an eye-opening experience. And it's like, oh, okay, so this is the way systemic racism works. works. Right. If they keep you from not being able to have an economy, then you can't. You know, you can't hire your politicians. Mm-hmm. You can't get the laws written in, in your favor to make the judges. Mm-hmm. You don't control the media so they can tell anything and make any kind of other stories about you. And I apologize if I forget what the fifth, but it all starts with the economy. And if they can oppress that, then they control it. Yeah. Exactly. And, and they can keep you from voting. And yeah. Yes. Exactly. And, and, just, and just to add on a little bit, because a lot of candidates out here, they, they try to take advantage of what's happened. Like, mm. you know, let me jump on this wave here and get on television. Like, you should vote for me because, you know, I stand for this, this, and this. And then when you go back and look at their profile, and 12 years ago, you weren't doing this. Hell, even, even, uh, I mean, well, it's popular now. What's popular? It's popular to say that you have a black agenda. It's popular to say that you, you know, you're down with the Black Lives Matter and you want to see justice, it, it's popular. But like you said, if you don't do your research, and especially if it's somebody that's been in office, then obviously they're not, your, our agenda is not their agenda. And, that, and that's what I was going to touch on. Um, like with Monique, she's been doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, she ain't just doing it because, oh, that's the new way. She's been doing it. Right. Know? And so you can look at her track record and, and she's been doing it for over 20 years and, and now has gotten to a point where, you know what? And I had time to take all these 20 years and put it to use. And you know, that's why I'm so star crazy about my girl, Pasha Baker, because I know her from when she had the office on Lake Yola, helping people start businesses and get funding and create entrepreneurs. So that, because entrepreneurs create jobs, make no mistake about it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's great that we have people like Pasha and Monique who already mm-hmm. have a reputation of the words that they say. Amen. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because then when you do have that, and it's interesting that you should talk about this tonight, because on my way here, I was talking to my girlfriend. Um, We've been best friends since we were kids. And she said, you know, I've been listening to Kamala Harris talk about criminal justice reform. And she was like, I'm listening to the things that she's saying. And she was like, these are the things you've been saying for years. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but it's popular now. It's popular. It's popular now. So... Um, yes, you do have to look at where people are coming from and what they've done. And I don't say that to say that people can't change because they can't change. Mm -hmm. But did they change because it's popular? Or did they change because they actually believe that the change was necessary? And, And that's, you know, so important when you're looking at who you should be electing. But that takes me to the fact that you have to research the people that you're voting for. Don't just vote for people because they ask you for your vote. I implore you, go look at my website. You know, go look at my my opponent's website. There's more on his website about me than there is on my own website, but that's 
neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Um, because his his campaign is completely reactionary. So mm. he's not got a policy or anything to stand on. He's just anti-Monique. So whatever I'm for, he's, he's against. against. That right. seems to be like and, a Republican thing these days. <laughs> no policy, no idea, just anti yes. Yeah. Yes. So if you go to his website, everything on there is about me. If you go to his social media, everything on there is about me. Um, but to the point okay, so is... Fabricated. So that's a good point because when the facts don't suit them, they make up facts that will. This is a Republican theme in this day and time. So on a Channel 9 forum this week, my opponent said that I have only practiced law for two or three years, Mm. that I have no authority to talk about what goes on in the Ninth Judicial Circuit because I lived in Gainesville for 16 years. Now, I was shocked when I heard him say this on television Mm. because, one, I've never lived in Gainesville. I attended University of Florida College of Law and lived in Orlando and commuted Mm -hmm. to Gainesville. Mm -hmm. I taught at University of Florida College of Law, lived in Orlando, and commuted to Gainesville. So it's not even that you got your facts wrong. You just had no regard for the truth at all whatsoever. This is a Republican thing. I mean, and, and with that being said, then it's like, okay, if that's how you operate in the election. Then what can we expect? <laughs> then what are we going to be? Because you didn't even take out the time to make sure you had your whatever correct. Though, you know, make sure that these are accurate facts that we're going to put out here, especially if you're going to say something on, you know, sounds a little bit like the president, you know, to me. But, but Morgan, I'm going to take that as a compliment because when you got a, a, a candidate that's so stellar, mm-hmm. you have to make something up. You have to make something up to, to, to sully the person. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't, you know, you, you can't be like, oh, you know, I, I've, I've done this, and, and compare it to what she's done. Right. You know, so you gotta just fabricate something bad. You know. The last three candidates that was on the show, they're afraid of them. all these Miller attacks. We had, you know, Miller, when, when Miller attacks mm-hmm. you know, these candidates, and it's like they just make up stuff. They had a. I seen that weak mailer for uh Pernell, by the way. You know, he he is a criminal. He's been charged with driving while license suspended. What the hell? Yeah, and my my funny part was we had we had, uh, we had Trace on the show, and her opponent attacked her by saying she stands with the looters and and um, the looters and the rioters, and so they they posted a picture with her you know face mask covered, looking like you know a criminal with picture from the riots like up in or- Oregon and Trace had been to like two of them and one of them was mine and there was no yeah. body beating anything so it's kind of like they take it to that extreme that you think hey they stand for this and it's like my opponent and, does the same thing and TJ and I'm gonna tell I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just give it to your blood roll right here and I'm gonna tell you what that's about it's manipulation and and, and it's a manipulation for a specific population of which is the white populace. They do that to scare white people. Mm-hmm. You know, to it's what we call dog whistles. Dog yes. Whistles. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not I'm not speculating this. This is a fact. Okay. They do that to scare white people mm-hmm. into believing that their privilege mm-hmm. or and or you know their safety is in jeopardy. Yep. By this one particular candidate. So they stand for it. Run to the poll. 
if you if you want to you know maintain your safety you know it has nothing to do with any of that stuff so our our white viewers you know and i hate to you know identify you as such but i need you to understand that a lot of people are dog whistling to intimidate you into voting for someone that really doesn't have a plan for you mm -hmm. so that, that's just what it is and and that and that's pretty much why it's important to get out if you haven't already early voted because it's still happening up until Sunday, I believe, right? Yeah. November 1st. Sunday, November 1st ends early voting. Mm -hmm. So please don't wait till election day. Mm -hmm. Please do yes. not wait until election day please because don't. the lines are going to be ridiculous and you're going to be tired and you're going to be frustrated and you're not going to want to deal with it. Any line that you see between now and Sunday is not going to be as long as the line on election day. Mm -hmm. So please don't wait until election day. You got a lot of Oh, and they came out because my election day votes were enormous. Mm. I could not believe how many people voted for me on, on election, election day. day. Yeah. I want to say like 17,000 people voted for me on election day. Well, you know, listen, I'm a stand-up comic. And let me tell you, I sell my own ticket. And boy, let me tell you, you know, the days before the comedy shows, I be sweating. But show <laughs> day, my folk come out for me. We, we got to get rid of the club approach. You know, the <laughs> you know, my folks yeah, wait until the last minute to make up their mind to go to the club. We got to do better about that. We can't have the approach. We can't have an entertainment approach to, you know, to politics, politics mm -hmm. and, and, and people that are in favor of us and really want to do well by us. Mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah. Definitely that approach. There. Definitely. So, um, once again, we thank you for coming by. Mm -hmm. um, Yes. But we're all going to claim it because we are about. We ain't just going to do that because faith without works is dead. We're going to no, we we claim that, it that, and we're going to vote. And that's what we're going to do. Hold on, let me say it. We're going to vote. We're going to vote. We're going to vote. That's what we're going to do. And so, um, so at this point here, uh, early vote is still happening. Yes. Get out to the polls right now because this is opportunity in case somebody try to shampoo you and say, well, I don't see it. You got time to fix it. Yes. Time to correct it. Because mm -hmm. on election day, it's a no go. So and sure. do not mail your ballot. If you requested a mail-in ballot, do, do not mail your yourself. ballot. Take it to any early voting location and drop it off yourself. Exactly, because they're they trying, they trying to get us this year. They're just trying to get us. So yeah, um, that, That's one thing, you know, listen. You know, I see Candace Owens, you know, always blowing the horn of the Republican Party. And I'm like, when I see how they're purposely plucking up mailboxes so you can't mail your ballot in, I can't respect that. That's voter suppression. That's, you know, as, as, as I ain't going to say no more names, but that's the jelly bean jar all over again. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. So next week, we're going to have election day results. We're going to be here. Um, we're going to be announcing your name. I hope and so. some of the other great candidates that are out there about that change. Um, so next week, I'm, I'm super excited. Yes. Get out there and vote. Vote, vote. Nervous. And get out there and vote. <laughs> It is your future. Mm -hmm. It is your voice. It's your right. It is your vote. Yeah. So, until next week, man, y'all be safe and keep it locked. The best is yet to come. Let's go.